Hey everyone, this is Riley from The Spot. You're about to listen to the first episode from our podcast, On The Spot, where we talk to creators from all around the world. We recorded this episode back in January and welcomed Hunter Young, who is an environmental artist working on Halo Infinite. Enjoy! I think just we want to start this off with just how you got into being an environmental artist. I've kind of always wanted to do this. It's it's kind of weird. I'm kind of an outlier. So in fourth grade, I used to draw and scotch tape together uh, notebook paper. And I used to draw these like these cities with, uh, you know, my favorite game characters. You had like Sonic the Hedgehog, Master Chief fighting, <laughs> you know, uh, a flood army. It's just, you know, it's weird. But I, it, I... And I put it up on my bedroom wall, like taped it on my bedroom wall because I just kept, I love drawing these like scenarios and stuff. And, uh, uh, and I would always get in trouble for it at school. But then when, uh, Halo 2 came out, my father bought me the, uh, the collector's edition and he kind of get, and he gave it to me and there were two discs I didn't understand at that time I was in fifth grade. But I put that second disc in, uh, and I was watching people do what I was getting in trouble for doing uh, at school, but they were adults, and they were getting paid to do it, and they were also drawing on the computer. It was like everything that I was like, this can't be real. <laughs> oh, and they get to be the, you know, they, they, they're the masters of, of this world that I love. And uh, they get to control the, the color of the grass. That that was like, oh my god! Like that's that was just I, I just couldn't think of anything. I was like, this can't be real. So I, um, but at that point, I kind of knew, you know, the direction that I wanted to kind of go down. Uh, I obviously know the hard decisions were made in fifth grade, but you know, as I got older, I kind of realized, hey, I really like problem solving i really like art when you put those two things together it's uh and i like technology you know when you put yeah. all those things together it just kind of it's kind of the uh the perfect storm for a career path so i, I just i knew that i had to shoot for it and so uh you know as i got closer to college i would kind of plan and strategize of what can I do now to uh, further my career goals? Uh, what can I do now to give myself like a uh, like an edge over anyone that I would be competing with? Not in a bad way, but in a in a practical way, you know, because it's it's very competitive, and that's one thing I learned super early on is you know there are a lot of other people that want to do this, yeah. and uh, and so you know I trying to prepare myself early on and. So I don't know if that completely answered it, but yeah, I think that I think that's totally great. Answered. Yeah, that was. Um, I guess as a follow-up question, like, so as you know, like a kid, like, and then going into college, like, how did you get from you know your decision in college and trying to get that competitive edge into being where you are now? Like, what led you to three four three? And so it it was kind of a weird turning point when I entered. Uh, college I, I went to east tennessee state university and uh it's kind of that weird like that hard line of uh okay i'm no longer 
you know, doing things that I'm like required to do in high school, you know, I'm actually pursuing like all of my classes are tailored towards, uh, you know, this career choice. And um, it was just is a weird turning point because what I did was I just kind of applied myself as much as I could. Uh, and I definitely kind of hit the ground running. I would say it, it's like a it's like high school was pre-production of a game. And then uh, college is like production of, you know, we got to let's go you know and so yeah. i just started trying to make it happen and uh and when i started i uh my i mean my dream company forever was was to work on halo but uh at the time you know bungie kind of held the reins and was trying to look at you know what they were looking for as uh like what the requirements were for a particular position that i wanted uh, i looked at some design positions at first before art positions uh i even considered some uh programming positions you know i was looking at the requirements and i kind of said to myself what do i need to do in order to to be able to put that on my resume like i i didn't really worry about my classes per se i just worried about being ready after because there are a lot of people that just go through a, a degree and they don't really they'll come out with the degree but uh, not a ton of work to show for it uh yeah they're not and you, and you need the yeah and you need the work you can't just uh just trying to figure out what steps i needed to take to meet those requirements uh not just i mean i looked at a ton of studios uh but eventually you know near the end i kind of went on to uh a few gaming conferences i made a few connections and then uh all of a sudden on uh you know i started uploading my stuff to art station and then all of a sudden i get a an email from uh uh the first email i got was from turn 10 and they kind of uh i was like oh my god that was the best thing i'd heard of you know i <laughs> i was ecstatic and then uh that was my junior year of college and then my senior year of college i was riding the elevator down and uh i get a call from a recruiter asking me if I wanted to work on the next Halo. And I uh, almost, like, just say, like, I, I like, fell to my knees in the elevator. <laughs> so shocked. Uh, and I was so happy, you know, because I'd, I'd been wanting to work on Halo since the beginning of uh, of college. And since, since <laughs> you know, my entire high school, you know, I dreamed of working on Halo. I never, I actually didn't apply for 343 um, when I was getting close to graduate because I didn't feel like I was ready. Uh, and I applied for other studios, but I did, I avoided 343 because I was, uh, I convinced myself that uh, it's, it's too big. It's, mm. it's too, it's too big of a target. Uh, yeah. And let me, let me aim a little bit somewhere more reasonable uh and I, that's why i was so shocked because turn 10 was also a big target for me that was like a one of those big like uh i'm not even gonna try to you know apply there just yet like i need to you know get my feet wet but uh so that's why partially why that call was so shocking was but you know it, it, things happened and uh you know connections can go a long way i have to give a lot of credit to uh a guy named Brad Short, a uh, really good friend that uh, 
you know, he, he really helped, um, he helped me kind of shape my portfolio and gave me some really hard feedback that I needed to hear, uh, before I kind of went into the next stages of, you know, 343 pursuing me. Um, and, uh, so I, I've got to give a ton of credit to him, uh, and for talking to people on the other side while I was working super hard on stuff. Yeah. So I think that's great. Um, I think our next question is, um, more education based, like, cause most of like the, um, members on the spot are, um, of like the younger age, um, maybe not as much experience and, um. I think it's good to like get a view of like how do you learn best because like there's like people that learn like from tutorials like textbooks um there's like visual learners some people are just able to like they have it naturally so like how do you find like the way that you learn best like off of inspiration or just does it come straight from your mind so like so what um a, how do you I've learn best a, i've got a solid got a solid uh vision on this specifically actually uh so he, I, awesome. I do agree. I do agree that uh, everyone learns differently, and you should definitely take that into account. Like, kind of, you know, find out what inspires you, what, uh, how you learn best, and uh, tailor your learning experience around that. Uh, because you always have that choice of, I mean, there are documentation. There's documentation upon documentation of every. 3d package out there uh, and then there's also a ton of tutorials for people but i think the most important thing to do regardless of how you learn is to do it alongside the learning mechanism that you're using so if you're you, if you're reading documentation you know have another monitor and be doing it on the other monitor you're watching a tutorial don't just watch the tutorial open up the software and do it alongside because you have to develop that muscle memory yeah. and that'll come into play a lot later uh not just like i'm a, i'm a stickler for hotkeys but not just <laughs> hotkeys but like the way that you solve problems will uh i don't want to say change it will pivot a little bit based on you'll start to solve problems in different ways uh and so I, I personally like tutorials. So like I'll I'll watch a video on how to do a particular thing and then I will do it. Uh, and then it's forever in my head. Is there a particular person or tutorial or something that you can recall that really helped you? Yes. Uh, I've got to give credit to Alex Sinshaw. He has a Gumroad video on uh, visual design that transcends 3D art. It goes... Uh, it's any kind of art you do, traditional art, physical art, 3D art, uh, 2D design, just everything. And uh, it's basically, he goes over, he doesn't go over software, he goes over core fundamentals that are critically important. And it's the line, is those fundamentals and those uh, design techniques. Uh, highly, highly recommend that. It was like, is the best $20 I've I've spent mm -hmm. and I've spent hundreds of dollars on plugins and stuff that uh, <laughs> they're super cool at the time. And I, it's just that series is awesome. So highly recommend it. Oh, shout out to him. Yeah. Next question. Um, 
So, like, I know, like, at least for me personally, and I feel like it would apply to quite a few members on um, on the spot, there's, like, this idea that online education is going to, like, take over. There's formal and there's online education. Do you think that there are advantages doing things, like, in an actual classroom versus just sitting at your computer and, like, basically self-taught, like, work? Um, so, like, the next question would be... Um, like, what's your opinion on uh, both of those? Uh, there are definitely advantages, but none that are absolutely necessary. Uh, the guy that I mentioned, Alex, uh, you know, he he's not too big on. Uh, I, I've actually, I I don't know him personally, but uh, a lot of guys that I work with are kind of close with him, and uh, I don't want to say I don't want to say anything on his behalf, especially since I don't know him personally. But I mean, he, a, a lot of uh, his work is uh, self-taught. Uh, it, he relies on, you know, uh, being able to, uh, you know, educate himself and motivate himself to uh, achieve higher and better. And he's uh, one of the best 3D artists, uh, not just 3D artists, but one of the best artists that uh, I've had any kind of acquaintance with. If that were to say anything, it's that it's not necessary to go to like a physical place to and or get a, you know, this specific degree or even what school that you go to really not not trying to encourage anyone to not go to college. But I am saying that there are a lot of online resources now that uh, will teach you as much, if not more, than what's taught in the classroom. I actually found myself finding online resources uh, at my university a lot uh, just to get that extra, like, find out other things that I can do with what I'm learning in class and finding out that, you know, <laughs> there's a much better way to do this X thing. And, uh, you know, and I figured that out all on this one. And then, you you know, you just keep, keep digging deeper and deeper. And then, uh, you know, uh, I mean, if, if you're that, if you're at that point, I mean, you're definitely interested. So you'll spend too much time even, you know, digging deeper into like documentation and, uh, all that stuff and online tutorials of how to do this thing you never knew or you've always wanted to learn how to do. And uh, I'd highly recommend, uh, e even if you go to a university, to have have some roots in, uh, you know, finding stuff out yourself. Yeah, so you'd say, like, a combination of both is what worked for you? Yes. Yeah. So would you say it's worth the price of a formal education? So that's a really good question. I feel like you'll get as much out of it as you put into it. There are plenty of people that went to prestigious schools that I, you know, I, I kind of wish well, at when I started college, I was like, oh, man, I really wish that I had, uh, you know, enough resources to be able to go to, you know, this school or that school that's that mainly focuses on uh, game art and stuff. But, yeah. you know, after there are a lot of people that transferred from those schools to, you know, a public university because they realize, you know, uh, it's going to be anywhere you go as much you're going to get out of it as much as you put into it. So even if you go to a great like 
the best game art school you know in the nation it won't make a difference unless you're willing to put in the work and what's your take on the opposing end of paid online resources in uh, comparison to when there's so many free res- resources available? Do you think it's worth paying for online resources or do you recommend going with the path of like, you know, free? I think it depends. I think you should always start with free, if especially if you're uh, kind of just diving into it. If you know what you're getting into, there are a lot of, you start small, don't just jump for the, yeah. $300 Maya plugin. Uh <laughs> don't don't jump on that. Don't let that be your first buy. Uh Yeah. Uh, but I mean I my my Gumroad library is uh it's ever growing, but I I definitely started buying stuff here and there that were like $2, $3 and then kind of got a, a small amount of money uh you know, if I wanted to invest in something that uh a little bit more pricey than you know i could think about doing that but honestly youtube and youtube has grown so much with uh cg content lately and you know it it, i start there for sure but honestly it's just such a there's so many great free resources that will get you started enough so that uh, eventually you won't need any kind of paid resources, unless it's like brush packs or something, or like a cool plugin that a really talented tech artist made, uh, like you know changes the program that you're using. Uh, I mean, yeah. but but like as far as learning is concerned, I mean, uh, start with YouTube and then that'll get you, or start start with free resources. Uh, and then that will get you down the path. Yeah, and just work your way up the ladder, so to speak. Yeah. I think, um, you know, there's plenty of great options out there today, too. Like, uh, the other day, I linked to the Ian Hubbard, like, Blender videos. Those oh, my God, pretty, yes. <laughs> pretty phenomenal, you know? It's Oof. a good place for a yeah. lot of people to Blender's amazing. If that's something that interests them. Speaking on Blender, really quick, I just want just want a small note. Uh if you're if you're looking into 3D art, you know, take a look at Blender because you'd be surprised at you'd be surprised at how many people are uh how many professional artists that I know that are personally switching to Blender just because of uh how good its tool set is and uh and that it's like essentially open source. Uh I would highly highly recommend Blender. And uh what are you working in right now? Uh Maya, uh, Substance Painter, ZBrush, a lot of Maya though. Uh, like, let's say like seventy percent Maya. But I'm also like on. I'm <laughs> during my free time or whenever I get some, uh, like a couple of hours. Like I'll jump over to Blender on my home PC and uh, start playing around with that. Start converting some scripts over and start switching over some hotkeys because I'm sold on. Uh, like all the stuff that's come out on it recently uh and definitely invest in free tools if you're not knowing where to start yet or if you're kind of wanting to explore different things like i mean gimps 
If you've never touched Photoshop, GIMP's not a bad alternative if you're just starting. If you're trying, if you don't know what the translate tool is or the like or masking or anything, like GIMP's a great start that'll get your. And if you start with GIMP, when you if you eventually move into like something like Photoshop, then everything's super intuitive and it'll, you know, you can yeah, switch totally. in a day. I mm-hmm. think uh, PhotoP is another good one. That yeah, it's like yeah. online. So how is the video game industry, and how does one necessarily go about getting into it? Would you say that's built off of connections, or just you know pushing your portfolio out there and like on ArtStation or Pants or other places like that? Like, could you comment? I on feel that? like the 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 turning point for me personally was uh, when I tried to start reaching out to the mo- you know to people that could grow my skill set or people that were uh, were open to helping me that were very much better than me. And I'll, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to David Schultz from Redstorm. Uh, David, I, I met David at a East Coast Game Developers Conference. I think my first time going. And the piece that I showed, uh, oh my God, it was so noisy in detail. It was so, there's so much there. And uh, but there was a lot there. I just wasn't using any like visual design techniques. I just wanted to cram as much stuff as I could in there. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I was showing my work off to David and uh, he enjoyed talking to me. And, you know, we kind of hit it off a little bit. And then he gave me his email and I just I, I left ECGC with an email uh, address that I could uh, you know, it was somebody that I could talk to that was very experienced, that was a senior environment artist at the time uh, on the division. And uh, I could ask him for feedback and ask him, like, what do I need to do to improve? Uh, like, how can I get better? And uh, he gave me a lot of tips. And uh, the next time I went to ECGC, you know, I was showing off my work. And then all of a sudden, you know, another shout out, Chris Devins, you know, uh, me and a, a friend named Patrick Ferguson were in a you know, critique room and, uh, you know, we were hanging out with Chris Devins from Insomniac and uh, David from Red Storm. And, uh, you know, and we're getting a lot of really good advice. Uh, I mean, making connections was, you know, a, a big deal about that. But I mean, David actually. Uh, ended up being like a becoming like a good friend of mine uh as a result and uh you know it when you do things like that you know your business card is likely to be passed around to different you know this industry is small games is uh like my 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 lead says games is tiny very tiny people talk and business cards get passed around and uh and connections are a big deal, but also like, you know, being willing to uh, improve your work, take critique uh, and being able to uh, positively change your work based on the feedback that you get. I got you. Yeah, I think that's a very vital thing, too, when you're moving into like, you know, a professional career, like you can't be like a, a wall when it comes to these people trying to give you advice and I think that's really important to take, you know, criticism well and 
try to do your best to improve? Yeah, I would say reach out uh, if you're at that point where you're, you're making work and you don't, you know, you, you're looking at it and it looks good to you. Uh, reach out to as many people as you can. Uh, don't like, I don't want to say like a good, a good feedback source would be like, you know, your parents or something uh, yeah. because they're going to say it's a great, uh, you want yeah. someone to tell, Let's you want someone to tell you. <laughs> yeah, you want someone to tell you that uh, it needs improvement and then give you a list of the things that you need to do to improve it. Uh, yeah. You want that constructive feedback. So once you get done with that list, you go back to them and then you say, hey, you know, uh, I've done everything on that list. What else can I do? And then eventually, after multiple iterations, they'll tell you, hey, that looks pretty sweet, man. Uh, put that in your portfolio. And also, uh, here's our website for... Uh, here's our careers page you should totally go there and <laughs> and uh you know fill out an application and then that's mm -hmm. that's the sign of like okay yeah like that's, yeah. feedback's great for sure and i think that's like one of the big parts of you know our server here we try to give people critique and feedback and you know we try to be encouraging as well like i think it's a very vital part of you know any any like kind of creative career like it's uh i think it's important so um before i go to over to these next questions i just had a another one that i i wanted to bring up personally and i just i was wondering if you were willing to share any of like your personal stories or experiences through to the industry or working at 343 that you wanted to share with people like there were so many moments at the beginning that hit me like a freight train like i was working you know, desk to desk with people that I had, uh, you know, I had only like that I had seen in video documentaries when I was in college and when I was in <laughs> high school. And it was just super weird to uh, uh, work with them for the very first time because I was super, uh, uh, you know, I just awestruck of like, you know, kind of imposter syndrome, even a little bit of mm. like, what am I doing here? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a big part of like shifting over from, you know, being a student to a professional is you start to feel like, whoa, like, you know, I've I've just arrived, like am I am I worthy? But like I think everybody experiences that at some point in the sense of imposter syndrome where you're like, you know, but you just gotta keep pushing yourself and you'll eventually be where they're at. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. because they they were in your shoes uh you know that they, they were in your shoes as well and or not sorry not your shoes ethan <laughs> they 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 were everyone when they kind of i want to say first started but when they were you know getting their roots a little bit and uh that's a big reason why a lot of people choose to uh you know why David? I I why I feel like uh you know David back in the other topic uh why he reached out and gave me his email that first time was because uh uh because I I feel like he could kind of see you know I remember being hungry for uh, opportunities and uh yeah I I feel like that's a really cool thing I feel like that we all share in this industry so. Yeah. Would you say um, people like Mr. Kim and, you know, like those people that 
you saw in those video documentaries? Do you think those people were some of your biggest inspirations when you when it came to like like deciding to do what you do, or was it mostly drawn from just the experience you had as a kid, like um, playing video games and like? It all stemmed from uh, not not any partic- one particular person, but uh, it all stemmed from wanting to give uh, and create the experience that I had as a kid when I first played Halo 1 and 2 uh, and being able to give that experience to other people. Uh, that's kind of the root of why I do what I do. And that's just the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I'm sorry. It never yeah. gets old. Like, that's yeah. that's the dream. So, uh, yeah. It, it's crazy how people uh, and have changed in my eyes in a good way of transitioning them from, uh, you know, people that I I used to, you know, see in, you know, development documentaries and like heroes and stuff to, uh, you know, just, you know, guys that I work with. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So um, kind of like a new topic, kind of getting out of the um, working industry, but so like you like grown up like playing like the Halo games, like that's probably, probably I'm guessing it's probably your favorite franchise of games um <laughs> this is a wild guess um and now that like, you're able to like work on them um and just like seeing like things you made being in the games um what do you think like is in store for like the future of video games like we know like over time graphics have evolved um and like gameplay ideas but um how do you like what do you think will be like the future of video games that is that is a uh Oh man, I try not to give a long answer to this one because that's a that's a super <laughs> that's so much. So there's there's so much, and it's constantly changing. But I feel like we've kind of hit uh, not three for three, but I feel like games in general have hit a sweet spot where you know there's not a new ver- version of Unreal Engine coming out, you know, mm-hmm. and like you know every so often, and it's like. I mean, they do updates to UE4, but I mean, you know what I mean, you know, like big giant leaps, you know, every three months. Uh, I feel like it's slowed down a little bit, but then again with, you know, uh, real-time ray tracing uh, with NVIDIA, uh, with a lot of titles, not speaking about uh, anything that I've, that I'm working on, just, just in general, uh, I feel like it's changing into more of a uh, uh, doing things smarter rather than, uh, you know, doing a lot of manual work. Uh, I don't want to say too much, but being able to um, intelligently uh, work through content so that you're not doing a lot of uh repeated actions you know because there's only so many hours in the day so many days in a month uh you have to manage your time wisely and a lot of you know trying to figure out what can be scripted or what can be uh done easier and better uh feel like 
things are generally moving in that direction with uh i'll take substance designer for an example uh which is a node-based uh material authoring uh package uh not just substance designer but like houdini is getting super popular with uh in games uh and it's also a, a node-based procedural uh package and i feel like the 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 technical mindset of being able to uh, create content in a technical manner, I feel like that's kind of, uh, it's presenting a new face in the industry. I, I think that's like a really interesting view of it. That's not necessarily like the evolution of like the player, but it's also the way it's being created. That's really good look into that. Um, for the next like question, like, as like an environmental artist, like kind of you, I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, like you were given like a certain area to work on within a game, like that you work on this one section, not just as the game as a whole. So um, what is like something that like takes a lot of effort to make, but like often isn't appreciated, like whenever you're working on a game? Oh my god. Uh <laughs> everything a lot of stuff. <laughs> everything. Um, yeah, there's a lot of uh I'm gonna have to be careful about this one. Uh but there's a lot of stuff, a lot of iterations that people don't necessarily see, like different iterations of concept and the whole process of going through, you know, uh state the stages of production, but in but taking uh taking your time to get stuff right uh and you know all the different um stages that like something may go through uh before it's e not even in like a rough state yet you know uh there's so many so there's so much uh you know thought put behind a lot of uh very small things uh I'll, I'll kind of switch it over to something i i can talk a little bit about is our like our first e3 trailer we um kind of showed off a little bit of be behind the scenes work with some of that stuff and uh, i remember you know sitting next to uh, I mean, that was our team. That was the. I mean, I wasn't that's, that's working crazy. on E3. At the time. I, I wasn't working on E3 at the time. Uh, I was still kind of ramping up and uh, getting used to uh, kind of the new stuff that we'd be uh, that we'd be pushing for uh, after after E3. And uh, the, like E3 was already you know set, and I was super new and. Uh, uh, they wanted to give me time to get my feet wet, and uh, but but I I still remember you know uh, looking over people's shoulders and just seeing the trailer be crafted. And uh, shout out to Forrest Telford, um, looking over his shoulder and figuring out he's working on the scene where uh, kind of Chief drops his helmet to the uh, to his side and. Uh, uh, I was trying to figure out how he did a specific thing in the engine because I was having that same I was having issues with that same uh, same thing and um, I forgot what the question was. 
I kind of escaped into E3 world and uh, no. I started so, like, reminiscing about E3. <laughs> I mean that's perfectly fine. It's, uh, I mean that's super interesting. <laughs> like seeing like things are like it's like wow, I really helped out with that, and that's there. Uh, uh, things that are appreciate uh, not uh, that take a lot of effort, to... but not appreciated. Yeah, yeah. So if you look back, if you look back at the development process of the of that E three trailer, I mean our space uh, rhinos were once space cubes that mm-hmm. were just in a you know kind of going and just all that work that goes into. Uh, you know, composition and layout and uh, a lot of graphic design and visual design elements before any kind of, uh, like, production work is, you know, done on something. You know, you want to make sure that it's solid and uh, you want to make sure that it's uh, fundamentally good before an artist spends, you know, a lot of time polishing something that uh you want to make sure that what they're polishing and what they're spending time refining is solid and there's a lot of time that goes into that a lot of time that goes into concept that goes into uh, the work before that stuff happens of figuring out different ways of presenting something I think uh, I'm going to kind of combine a few of these questions here, but what does your portfolio look like when you send it off to applying to a company and how hard is that job search? Um, mine specifically or uh, just in general? Um, I would say just in general, like if you have anything to base it off of, I mean, maybe like your acquaintances or even just your own experience. like. Yes. Big, big note on this. Uh and I'm gonna give, I'm, I'm gonna kind of say the advice that Brad told me, and I think that it's, I mean, this, I feel like this advice, uh, uh, kind of solidified people at three four three actually, you know, going with me, as a, uh, giving me my the opportunity that I got. It's that only put your best work in your portfolio, only put your best work, and here's why. Uh, if you look at someone else's portfolio and they have this incredible you know they have this incredible array of content and then at the very end it's you know that you see this like you know uh super rough like doesn't look like it was made by the same artist uh you're gonna remember that weaker piece mm-hmm. when you leave their uh when you stop looking at their portfolio so it put yourself in the shoes of a producer that has to go through uh 40 plus portfolios and a you know over a lunch break and um you know you only have so much time to look at a portfolio so you're going to look at the first few images you're going to make it you're going to write down a few notes about that candidate then uh you know if nothing really sticks out they'll you know move on to the next one and uh kind of so you want to put your best work and only your best work and uh, kind of set a quality bar for yourself that uh, so there's not a weak piece. If there's a visually, if there's a um, just a, a piece that stands out as being the weakest, remove it because it's better to have uh, fewer awesome, incredible pieces than uh, 20 or 30, a ton of uh, mediocre pieces. So yeah, definitely quality over quantity. 
Yeah, great advice. Um, another thing I wanted to ask uh, was, how secure is a job in the game industry once you land one? Um, little L, it's not exactly complicated. I'm, I'll get, I get a little bit real. This one, no. uh, so there are a lot of really talented artists that I know, and this isn't saying anything about three four three. This is the industry in general. Uh. You know, there are a lot of people that do contract work, and then there are a lot of people that are um, that are working for a studio full time. Uh, you have the same responsibilities, uh, you know, from contract to full time. But that being, that's just a, a side note. But um, the thing about contract is that it's uh, limited, and when your contract um, when you're done with your contract, you've got to kind of look for uh, uh, other opportunities, which can be some people actually uh, I've, I've met a few people that uh, kind of like that about contracting and they love, you know, hopping from being able to work on a bunch of different stuff and have a wide array of, you know, uh, of content that they've worked on. But uh, but a lot of people, you know, favor job security and uh having a stable like you know i'm gonna nest up and never leave seattle uh yeah and uh and that's kind of i I feel like a lot of people gravitate towards that uh that desire to kind of you know have a uh to not go anywhere but i feel like it's definitely doable uh you just gotta be sure that you're you got to keep putting yourself out there. Even once you've landed, you've got to keep, uh, you got to keep on pushing. You got to keep on uh, uh, improving. You, know, you, you can't just stop improving right when you, uh, right when you get hired. You got to keep on pushing. Uh, the push just isn't as much as it would be if you were just trying to get into your first gig. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's tr- it's hard, but it's definitely doable. Yeah, I think that answers the question pretty well. Um, so that's actually all the questions we had personally, but we're we're gonna jump into some viewer and behind the scenes questions that are pretty quick before we head off here, and they're they're not too complicated. So cool. yeah, um, they're more or less about like your personal like opinions in life. Uh, yeah. Some random questions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Just some fun ones, really. Yeah. So, uh, uh, do you want to go? Uh, sure. Uh, so, just like a kind of like a general question. So, it's like if you could go back and like change like one thing from like the past, it could be just like something to do with like whenever you first started at 343 or something you did in college. Like, if you could change one thing, what would that be? There's a. There's a moment that sticks out, and uh, I definitely would have. Uh, I, I've had a uh, in personal confidence, you know. I would have gotten out there a lot earlier yeah. than, you know, put putting my stuff out there uh, and kind of utilizing online resources a lot earlier on, rather, you know, um, relying solely on. Uh, you know what was happening at the time um 
but other than that, honestly, I I try not to have too many uh, too many things that I would change. I feel like uh, things have been just going great, uh, and I'm just really fortunate to say that. That's but, awesome. Yeah, uh, it's it's kind of true that uh, it, it, there were definitely moments where I it, that were stressful moments that were hard, uh, but you know the the whole point is to kind of get past those get past those issues get past those moments and not regret them because even your failures uh or your weaknesses you know that's it's kind of what builds you up right it's like if you didn't have any failures you wouldn't have any experiences or what uh you wouldn't have any anything to look back on and be like oh you know i did something wrong i'm not going to do that again uh because if someone does all the right things and they don't know what it's like to fail. Yeah, I think that's a so it's a very important part of the process just you know. Do you have a favorite game other than Halo? I've been really into Overwatch. Uh been really into uh my my palette is super super broad. It's like some days I'll play Dark Souls, some days I'll play Gears of War, and then some days I'll play. Oh, it's not a great two titles to start off with. <laughs> similar. Uh, so uh, you know, and then some days I'll play. You know, Life is Strange or Limbo or um, it's like um, you know, it, I, I try to keep my keep my palette diverse and yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's good, and you get to experience like. You know, a little bit of everything. Um, another question we have here from one of the viewers is, where do you see yourself in uh, 5 to 10 or even 20 years from now? Um, I definitely see myself continuing uh, what I'm doing right now. Uh, maybe jumping around to a couple of... Uh, I, I'd like to stay in Seattle. Uh, as much as long as I can, um, but there are a ton of studios here that uh, I feel like offering a lot of really cool uh, opportunities to grow and learn. And, uh, I, you know, as much as you know, you're never gonna work for one studio uh, forever for the rest of your life indefinitely. I mean, even people that uh, have solid you know, solid, uh, solid grasp on where they work. You know, they, uh, even they jump around sometimes to get a different perspective. So, uh, I, I definitely see myself continuing doing some more Houdini stuff, uh, doing some more like, uh, you know, a little bit of scripting here and there, uh, kind of, I'm just going to keep on rocking. Awesome. Um, so another one we have here is, what's your favorite song? I like this one personally. Oh, man. Oh, oh. <laughs> this is the hardest question on the whole thing. We tricked Yeah, you. man, I don't. Uh, uh, can we say favorite band? Sure, yeah, sure. favorite band. That's cheating, though. Okay, no, answer well. the question. We're going to be here for forever. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's, uh, I'm really into metal music. And uh, 
I, I really like Sabaton. There's this, um, they're this like, you, you just gotta listen to them. I could go on forever. We actually have <laughs> a few Sabaton fans in the Discord, so I'm a sure a lot of people in in uh, CG, a lot of metalheads. <laughs> this is a trend. Three, four, three. I got the three four three, and my lead was into metal. It's like you're into metal. I'm into metal. I was like, <laughs> you know, and then someone will jump up from their desk and be like, "Did someone say metal?" <laughs> you know, a lot of people into metal. That's funny. So. The final question that we have to uh, end off the podcast is what is one piece of advice you would give someone aspiring to become an environmental artist? Don't quit. (laughs) Two words. It's that simple, everyone. To become an environmental artist, don't quit. That's it. Do not quit. Uh, Not not just saying just environment artists, but do not quit. You'll want to... uh, You'll get frustrated. You'll get uh you know it's hard the, the things are hard but also you know it's hard to pursue the career in general uh it's difficult but if you love it then pursue it definitely don't um you know you're going to want to take another look at it if y- you find out that you're not going to love it because you're going to spend a lot of time doing it. Uh, even if you're doing it for only eight hours a day at work, like I, I, I kind of mentioned this before of being able to uh, continue to grow, even after you get hired, being able to uh, expand your skill set off the clock. Uh, you definitely have to motivate uh, yourself to take personal time to, uh, you know, dive into different, you know, techniques and different uh, avenues that are uh, coming out. It's just, there's so much and uh, don't quit. Keep going. And, uh, you know, some people are going to tell you that your work sucks, uh, which they shouldn't. They should say, hey, Mm -hmm. your work, your work is, uh, here's some issues with your work. This is how you can fix them. But, you know, you're going to, you're going to get some flack and uh, you just have to brush it off and uh, keep going. Just you're going to get as much out of it as you put into it. So put as much as you can into it. That's great stuff. (laughs) Thank you for joining us today, Hunter. It's been a pleasure having you on the spot. Is uh, there anybody you would like to plug before we head off here? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Huge shout out to the, uh, guys that i work with super closely jacob stone uh ryan coon sean kale uh some of the dudes on the forge team we have a lot of talent on the team but that's kind of our uh it's a lot of our art team and uh and yeah just keep an eye out for more halo infinite content and uh just keep an eye out yeah Thank you all for uh, listening in on this episode of On The Spot. Um, Please check out all the links that we have linked in the description below. Um, See you next time.